I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. It's a cold New York winter and a, and a sunny day in Southern California, as they always are. Although I heard it rain for a few days last week, which is not something that Armando probably sees very often. But I'm Justin, and you're getting um, a long overdue edition of the seventh inning stretch, where we're going to go over the uh, the off season and uh, and how it's moving. Which you know, if you pay attention to baseball, you know it's moving pretty slowly. But before we get into that, joining me as always, my friend. And the person I like talking about baseball with most, Mr. Armando Angulo. Justin, far too long. I've just been really depressed after baseball ended, the way it ended. Uh, you know, not a day goes by that it doesn't bother me still. But it's good to be back. It's good to talk to you. Hopefully this season, you know, we turn it up a notch and we're, we're able to do this more consistently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say that uh, that feeling that you're feeling right now, it doesn't go away. I still feel it two years later. I felt it 15 years later in 2015. Like it hurts. I think the only way I think the only way either of us are going to get over it is either one of our teams winning a World Series. And I mean, as far as this hot stove is gone, neither one of our teams has done much to improve that much from last season. But then again, not very many teams have. I, I guess the uh, the 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 very slow pace of this off season is uh, pretty much the biggest story of it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's surprising, dude, because usually around this time, everybody's buzzing. It started off really hot. I mean, my, uh, you know, Mike, I almost called him Mike. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, the artist formerly known as Mike, making his move to New York, and then it was a big bang. And then, you know, it's been a lot of fizzle ever since then. I mean, there's a few names here and there, but, but nothing really that you would expect uh, the pace of this to go. You really expect this to be hot and, and quick, and it's really been slow and boring, man. Yeah, it has. I mean, they're, they're, I think the two probably biggest stories of the of the hot stove came early in uh, Shohei Otani going to the the Angels, and then the Yankees making a trade with the Marlins, not giving up much to get Mike Stanton. Um, I guess let's let's start with let's start with Stanton. It's it's the uh, it's a more attractive and known quantity of the two. Stanton's coming off an NL MVP season in which he hit fifty seven home runs in Mar- in, in, in Miami. That's a huge stadium. He's moving from that stadium to 
the Bronx, which is a, I mean, less so a right-handed have power hitters paradise, but I think Aaron Judge kind of showed us last year that if you're big enough, that ball's going to fly in that stadium either way. Yeah, man. I mean, these guys, it doesn't matter where you're playing. Yeah, they're going to hit the ball a long way, and it's going to go out, and it's going to carry, and they're going to make it happen. I think, you know, the plus side here, too, is he's got a deeper lineup. He's got some more pop there. He's got, uh, you know, the Yankees are a higher-profile club. It's bigger for his exposure. I mean, this is a win-win-win for Giancarlo Stanton. It's a win-win-win for the Yankees. Like you said, they didn't really have to give too much. Uh, Starlin Castro's a nice player, but he's no Giancarlo Stanton, you know. Uh, and, and, and he's a replaceable piece there in that team. I mean, that lineup's pretty deep. Greg Bird, uh, you know, Aaron Judge, uh, Didi, um, get, you know, Sanchez. Th- yeah. Th- they're stacked, bro. And, and it's a scary thought, I'm sure, you know, especially for you having to hear about it all the time and not necessarily it being good news, it, it, you know, it, from your perspective. But but, it, but it's going to be scary. And I think, you know, for baseball, this is what you expect from from, from the Yankees and, and, you know, a Steinbrenner-owned team. That's pretty much what I expect from the Yankees, and it's what makes me so, so miserable. But would you rather be, like, is that what you would want for you? I mean, would you want them to just spend all kinds of money and not care about tax, luxury taxes and all this bullshit? Are you happy, you know, getting there every so often from a team that overachieves? No, I want the constant success. I've never had it. I think it would be fun. I don't blame you. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Yankee fans don't look like they're at all miserable, like... The, the most miserable I've seen Yankee fans was like in 2015 when it looked like they just had aging players and, you know, just nothing but contracts to dump. And then Cashman turned around and rebuilt the entire system and gave them just an absurd amount of trade chips while shedding salary. That's the job that Brian Cashman's done flipping that team three times to where it looks like he, they're about to make a third run towards like, you know, Multiple World Series, like in 2009, I get it. They only won once, but, uh, but in, you know the 2007 to 2009 build, but they still won. And like right now, that's a team that looks like they're going to be a perennial contender for you know the next half a decade to a decade. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's no doubt about it. They're going to be serious contenders for a while, and I think, you know, for them, they were ahead of schedule, in my opinion, at least a couple of seasons. I mean, uh, I think that we were going to get to this point, but the way it's stacked and them going all in on, on well, not even all in, because it didn't cost them they that didn't much, give up but, but making sure that they went and got this piece, I think everybody expected it to be a year or two later, and it'd be Bryce Harper. All right, so here, here's the question for you. Do you think Jeter gave them a hometown discount, or do you think it was just more the salary dump motivation? Or a little bit of both. Jeter's a Yankee, bro. Jeter oh, yeah. has no loyalty to these Marlins. None. It doesn't matter. His name's on it. He's the face. Whatever, dude. He's a Yankee. He doesn't see anything but pinstripes. That's still his life. That's all he knows. You know? I mean, yeah, he did him a favor. There's no doubt about it, bro. Like, that wouldn't have happened at that rate to, for any other team. It wouldn't have gone at that rate. No way. And the Marlins continue their sell-off also um, because you know, besides just Stanton, uh, Marcelo Zuna has also, has also been traded to uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals were a team that were rumored to be in on Stanton, and apparently the Marlins had a deal in place with them. But uh, apparently they had deals in place with both the Marlins and the Giants, but neither one of them uh, – he, he, Stanton just didn't want to go to either one of them. Apparently didn't want to go to the Cardinals just because he doesn't want to be in St. Louis and – you know, he's an L.A. guy, so I, I, I don't blame him. And then he didn't want to go to San Francisco because he grew up a Dodger fan. So 
I kind of get both of those. And so it did. So there was a little bit of Stanton's geography forcing Jeter's hand. But let's move on to also Ozuna, who um, is a who I think his profile and his name really rose this season, and he kind of became you know another premier power hitting uh, and run producing corner outfielder in the majors. I mean, at least in the National League. Um, what kind of difference do you think he's going to make for a Cardinals lineup last year that seemed to uh, lack everything that Ozuna can bring? I mean, you just said it. I mean, he's bringing everything that they were missing. I think they were expecting, uh, you know, that team, they were expecting some stuff from, 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 from a lot better production from some of their players there, and they, they didn't really get it. I mean, uh, Piscotti was okay. Uh, what's the kid that uh, the outfielder? Uh, Randall Gretchik? Yes, yes. He, they were expecting something from him. He put up some impressive power numbers in short period the year before. They were expecting something from him. He really fizzled. It wasn't anything uh, sus- that, that he sustained, and, and that was a disappointment. I think they had their chips uh, in on these young, a lot of these young guys, and it didn't work out. But Marcelo Soon is a proven commodity. He's a player. He's a stud. I really wished or was hoping that the Dodgers would have been in on that uh, because – He's a five-tool guy. He's got it all. He's an all-star. He, the kid's a stud, bro. And 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 like you said, he brings the dynamite, the, the the dynamism, the power, the speed, all the things this St. Louis Cardinals lineup was missing last year. And it's a great piece from Athene, man. They they really uh, and in all honesty, they didn't give up that much either. No, no, they didn't. They gave up apparently just two guys who throw pretty hard and were pretty young. But those guys those- are a dime a dozen now, bro. That's that's all that, that's what all young pitching is. That's what all young pitching is right now. I, you know, at this point, especially considering also you know the power arms I've got, the young power arms I've gotten to see over the last few years as a Met fan, I can tell you that it's a philosophy that when it all everything when everything seems to be coming together and stitching together, it, it works. It's it's a sight to behold. But the problem is the the way in which baseball players are being built right now, they all just break. Like those young pit, those young power throwing pitchers will break. So. You know what? Be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. It's very true. <laughs> it's very true. I want to touch on something. We talked about it. Otani was the, the the second biggest story here, and and I just don't know what to expect. I mean, how many bats am I looking at this guy getting? You know, how many starts is he getting on the bump? I mean, he's going every fifth day, right? He's going to go every fifth day. Then my question is going to be, um, like, I, I, does he does he he pitches and hits and, and bats both left handed, right? It's the same. It's he, he's got he, he doesn't have a handedness issue where he hits right handed, but you know pitches left handed, so his front arm's exposed. Does he? No, I think he's I think he's a lefty lefty. Okay, then he should be fine. Th- then that's then I think it becomes less of an issue of the potential of getting him hit by a pitch and getting hurt. But I mean, three days a week maybe because you wouldn't want to start him the day before a start, and you wouldn't want to hit, and you wouldn't want to he's going to DH you assume right. You're definitely not going to play him in the field, but. You don't want to you don't want to hit him. I think uh, the day before a start and the day after a start. So he'll play, I don't know, three or four games a week. Four games in a six game week. Three games in it, or actually no, in a six game week he'll start twice. He's gonna play. He's gonna play. He's gonna hit three games in a week. That's it. Man, I mean, okay. <sighs> I just don't see this working out. I think it's a publicity, you know, ploy. I, would I have wanted him on the Dodgers? I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting here, bro. I, I don't know if it's more like, you know, a circus act or if I really should be impressed at both his capabilities. Like, I don't know how hard he throws. I, he doesn't seem to be a hard thrower from what I'm seeing. Like, low 90s is what I, I've read. Uh, and how much pop does he have? Is he a good, consistent hitter? All these new pitchers in a new country, new league. Like, there's so many question marks, bro. 
I've heard he throws a little bit harder than that. I've already, I think, already touches mid to upper nineties with this this fastball. Oh, okay, okay, that I'm mistaken. Uh, but okay, but I, I got to look that up. I got to think that like they're getting him for the pitching, and anything offensive has got to be bonus. Yeah, I mean, it does give them a marketing piece. Uh, okay, yeah. So Otani threw 31 pitches between 99 and 101 miles an hour in a single start. Oh, okay. Well then, ooh, okay then. Yeah, he's, so he's got some very serious gas. Yeah, that's some serious gas. I stand which corrected. Means I, which, which means I want him to hit even less at that point because that's how you're going to hurt him. I mean, yeah. You want this guy running the bases, bro? On a ball in the gap? Like, is this what you want? It's 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 too much risk to do that. Like it's too much player power, right? Like we're giving him his cake and ha- letting him eat it too. Like why can't it just be like, hey man, I get you're good at both, but why can't we just harness your abilities and really focus on one? Like, and obviously you're touching ninety nine a hundred regularly in a ball game. Let's try to you know take care of that. Right. So there have been some really good hitting pitchers in baseball in the last few years. Right. Let's think about it. Bumgarner is a very good hitting pitcher. Right. Syndergaard's a very good hitting pitcher. Mike Leake is an amazing hitting pitcher. None of those guys are even the first guy off their bench if they're coaching, if they're if their manager needs a pinch hitter. I don't know, dude. Bumgarner and Bochi. That's kind of a thing. It is kind of a thing, but he's not the first bat. He's a guy. He's more of a, you know, you're going to get a, a bat where we actually need some power. Right, and it's not. It would never be risked. You know what I mean? Like in the National League, I think it would have been a perfect fit for him because he would have just got to hit every fifth day. And if you, you know, I don't know. I th- yeah, and he'll probably pinch in a little bit. But you, you, it's just, you, it's the same thing. It's it's the same thing that they, there was. Like first off, also the other thing too is which, where's a bigger value to you too? If he's that good of an offensive player or he's a pitcher, which one of those two skill sets do you value more? Right, personally. I'd rather have the offensive player. I'd rather have the everyday player because of just the possibility of an impact in a greater amount of games. Good logic. Can't argue that. But the question is still, like, why – you're kind of right. Why Why create the distraction? Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You put it better than I, but yes, exactly. Why do that? You know, the Angels, I guess they need a distraction because they're still just mediocre. Uh, and they, You know, but they did get Ian Kinsler. That's another move. So they're trying. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter, though, because they're never going to be able to keep up with the hometown discount that Mike Trout's going to take in Philadelphia. Yeah, man. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that's, because they're not going to catch... The worst choreographed move. That's the worst choreographed move possible. Mike Trout wants to go home. He loves Philadelphia. And the Phillies are going to throw enough money at him to make him, to bring him home. And, you know, nobody will know anything about it because nobody will care, like now. But, you know, it's like you're on a team that nobody cares about, bro. Like, he should be the face of baseball. We talk about this so often, and he's not. You know what, though? The Phillies, though, when they were good in the mid to late 2000s through the early part of, the, of this decade, they had some very – like, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, Roy Halladay, those guys were all, uh, you know, big faces of baseball. By the way, we actually haven't spoken about it. Roy Halladay. Oh, bro, fuck. Yeah, Poor man. Guy. Yeah, man, that sucks. Trying to do something, you know, doing something that you enjoy, a hobby, and, and you know, all nothing but good things. You hear Chase Utley talk about him, and, and from, you know, this little tidbits of video I've seen, and, and just his former teammates, and it seems like he was nothing but a stand-up guy, a really good dude, and, you know, a, just, just a horse. He worked really hard from what you read, and I don't know, man, on the field, when Doc was Doc, it was uh, nobody better in his time. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I'm completely, uh, you know, just saddened by it. Doc pitched some of the best games. I, I, saw, I got to see him pitch probably about seven or eight times. Uh, once, six or so those times against the Mets, and I don't think that the Mets... One time the Mets roughed him up, but that was towards the end of his career when his back went and he just fell apart quick. Like, Doc's decline was rapid at the end of his career. His body just finally just said no more. But uh, he saw I saw him pitch five or six times, uh, or six or seven times probably. One of, them, one of them, he went up against Travis Wood in Philadelphia, uh, where Travis Wood went eight and two-thirds perfect. And Halliday pitched well enough in that game to get in to get a uh, no decision, um, which is to me just remarkable. A guy had a guy had to basically be literally perfect just to earn a no decision against Roy Halliday. Yeah, man. I mean, I think you watch baseball now, and I mean, we've been lucky enough to see a ball game together with with this guy pitching Max Scherzer, and it's just to me, it's very, you know, Scherzer reminds me of a lot of Halliday, the way they compete and. Uh, and, and just the way they went out there and really you knew you were going to have to have your best stuff as a lineup. You knew you were going to be in for a long day. And whenever he was coming up on the fifth day and he was playing the Dodgers or, or, or you knew that you were going up a holiday, you knew that it was going to be a long one. And uh, I guess that's the biggest compliment you can give a ball player and, 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 and a pitcher, uh, you know, is that you knew it was going to be a tough, long day. And uh, I think that was a consistent uh, theme for, for, for him. And he had the respect of a lot of his peers, which is obvious. Yeah, but um, moving moving on from Roy Halladay to from something that saddens me to something that brings me joy. Uh, I just want to take this exact moment in the podcast to note that the Washington Nationals have still never won a postseason series. God bless you. Yeah. The, it's the petty things that I love the most in life. Yeah, this this one's really petty. But <laughs> no, it's, um, they, they also haven't really done anything yet this offseason, and you know that they're just kind of lying around and waiting. Mike Rizzo's an aggressive GM, and he's just going to probably find a way to make the team better. Um, they're rumored to be in for actually some of the free, and I think this is actually where we should talk about some of the guys who are still on the market who haven't moved, because there's quite a lot of them that, that, are, that are good players. Um, so starting first, I guess... The one that I'm, or one that I'm extremely interested in seeing where he's going to do is JD Martinez. Now he's been tied to Boston all off season. He's asking for a lot of bread, though, right? He is, and I think teams are waiting out his market. And I think uh, so. Like the first bat in the outfield market signed last night, longtime uh, Justin Wells' personal favorite, Jay Bruce, has signed with, <laughs> has signed with the has signed with the New York Mets. Um, I only get to talk about myself as a third person in this particular case. Because somehow the Mets signed Jay Bruce to a three-year deal um, after they traded for him, matched his player option, spent an entire half of a season trying to trade him, finally trading him, and then he had a good enough season with him in an entire season, half season, where their only intention was going to be to try to trade him. He had a good enough season for them to say, oh yeah, let's sign this guy again. I mean, that's, that's peak Mets, right? Uh, it's it, it's total risk aversion. Like it's <laughs> it, it's it's I, I I mean like there's things about that particular deal to like and not like. And I'm not going to bore everybody with too, going too far into it. But the idea is he fills a need for the Mets. He's an out. He's going to play in the outfield. He's going to play in first base. He's insurance in case Michael Conforto starts the season on the DL in right field. Um, he's a butcher defensively in the outfield. So the Mets are once again if he's going to play in right field just foregoing the concept of outfield defense because Cespedes Conforto and Bruce is a bad defensive outfield. But uh, if it's a move made in conjunction with also signing a third baseman and another relief arm, 
and maybe another starter, then I'm okay with it. If this is it for the offseason, I'm very, very angry. But uh, let's... Whoa, 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 whoa. Before we move on from the Mets, speaking of third baseman, David Wright, is he, is he done? Is his career over? So when David Wright's career started, I referred to him occasionally as the baseball Jesus. And for me now, he's the ghost of baseball past. I, I th- <laughs> I'm glad I asked this question. Please go on. I think I think basically at this point, anybody who's deluding themselves into thinking that either A, David Wright is going to play again, or B, his salary actually counts against the Mets payroll doesn't understand the uh, the, the Will Ponds. They're perfectly fine to not come to a, like a buyout on this. Because they figure that if they just wait this out and insurance covers the contract, that they don't have to, uh, th- that like th- they won't have to reach as, as lucrative an injury settlement with him. And then also they like it because of the fact that his contract is still technically on the books, so they can report their payroll as $20 million higher than it is, even though they're recouping that cost. So it gives them the optical illusion of fielding a, you know, a mid market payroll in New York, even though they're fielding a small market payroll in New York. Man, that's deep. Oh, it cuts so deep. The, the, Will, <laughs> the Will Ponds are bad owners. There's no other way to put it. Oh, I know, man. I mean, I know. I had, was, I had McCourt. They were the worst ownership group in baseball. Yeah, yeah. That was McCourt, and luckily yeah. he's gone. Yeah, your ownership group now is really good. We can all, even, go ahead, go ahead. Even, even with the court there, the Dodgers farm system still always functioned reasonably well. True. Yeah, the Mets farm system is historically bad. But we don't have to keep making this about me complaining about the Mets because I could do that for an entire like podcast by myself. Just start recording myself and saying, all right, talk about the Mets. But um, it would be very, very boring and angry. But you know, J.D. Martinez hasn't signed. The other big position, player who, position players who haven't signed uh, on the market are uh, Lorenzo Cain. A player actually won the Mets to go after, who's a fantastic defensive center fielder still, and whose game I think will age because I actually think that athletic players age better than big power hitters. I agree. I, I mean, uh, Lorenzo Cain's a guy that I would like to go after too. I mean, he's an upgrade on Jock Peterson. He's an upgrade on uh, probably a few of our outfielders from last season. And like you said, man, he's a guy that that I'm not afraid of his aging. Uh, and his productivity levels dropping too much. I, I feel like he's going to be pretty consistent. He has been for Kansas City. He's been a big piece of their success. Uh, Lorenzo Cain is going to be a coup for anybody that comes up on him, man. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a really, really, really smart move for him. For anybody who goes on, I wanted the mess to sign him. I, I th- he's going to end up going someplace, someplace pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, for at least a good fit for him. Uh, I can't see him signing with a bad team. Now, the other player move that I was thinking about, and I didn't bring up earlier when we were talking about Ozuna, was the other loser in the Stanton for sweepstakes, the, uh, the San Francisco Giants. And they, uh, they made a move of their own, acquiring um, Evan Longoria. So Longoria finally leaving, uh, finally leaving Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Um, I don't think he's going to make a difference. The Giants are dumpster fire. Denard, uh, 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 you know, the piece they give up to our Spanish is a better player, statistically. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't I don't think there's very much there that's going to work for them. That ballpark uh, is massive. He's not going to be able to pop it out on a regular basis. Like, it's not an air-conditioned dome, bro. Like, this, uh, I don't know. Uh, he, he's been on a, he, he de- declined a little bit this season. He's still a productive player. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't think that he's going to, uh, to to make that much of a difference there. I guess he's an improvement over, over whatever they have at third baseman. I think the more interesting thing is going to be the rejuvenation of Pablo Sandoval. You know he's going to be decent. He's going to be a good ball player. You know, uh, whenever he gets his shit together, he seems to be decent when he's committed to baseball, and you know he's going to be a little bit hungry after he embarrasses the fuck out of himself. I, I don't he's know. always a little bit hungry. <laughs> Boom. We could cut the show here. It's not going to get any better than that. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just trying to think about the other big moves made in the offseason thus far. And then we can, oh, nobody has signed Eric Hosmer despite the fact that he's gotten two deals that he does not deserve. Who's paying Eric Hosmer that much for seven years? Kansas City, who I guess there's like a novelty, um, you know, a, a novelty and nostalgic thing for. Right. And then the San Diego Padres, who that deal makes no sense for. Crack cocaine is what they're smoking down there. I don't yeah. understand it, dude. Like, what is what is he thinking? He's gonna he's trying to get eight years and like what 180, 200 almost. Like, come on, bro, you're not worth you're not worth half that. No, he's one of the most overrated players in baseball. He's, he's good. He's, he's a good baseball player. Like Eric Hosmer's not a bad baseball player, but he wants hall- he wants one. he wants Hall of Fame money when he's yeah. like not even like. He's maybe Hall of Very Good. Yeah, I mean, he's uh can you think of ten better first baseman in baseball than him? I think I can pretty easily. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. Goldschmidt, yeah. Bellinger, uh yeah, this should be easy. Votto. Votto. There's a lot, bro. There's a yeah. lot better first baseman than this guy. Freeman. Yeah, Freddie Freeman, that guy. This, this <sighs> Bohr is a better yeah. first baseman than him. Yeah, Justin Bohr is. Greg Bird. Oh, God. Yes, bro. No. There's, 90% of the league is better than Eric Hosmer at first base. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Smoke. Um, I'm just going to keep going. Mitch Moreland. 
Uh, you know what? I think Moreland is exactly kind of the level he's at. But also, then look at what Moreland got. Look at what Moreland's getting paid by the Red Sox. Right. And where's the hype in Moreland? That's what I'm saying. Like they're the same dude, and I'm gonna give Moreland the edge because he's not out here fucking turning his nose up at a hundred at a hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. And then also you have. Uh... Mustakas is still on the market too. That's a player I actually wouldn't mind seeing uh, in Queens. He fits the need. He fits a need, as well as also Todd Frazier is still out there at third base too. You There's a that. lot. I, you know, I think Frazier's a good defensive player. I don't, I don't think that he's much more than that at this point. But he's a good defensive. He, he's a good defensive player with some pop. There's, there's better. Fair. He's a New Yorker. Yeah, that's the other that's the other part of it too. And then if you go to like some of the arms on there, like Hugh Darvish is still out there, Lance Lynn's still out there. No, there's some good arms. I think Hugh Darvish is somebody that, you know, he probably lost a lot of money for himself in the World Series, but uh that's gonna be a good I think he's gonna be a good piece for somebody. I wouldn't mind the Dodgers going after that and, and, and his familiarity, I think I think he'd get a decent deal, but nothing, you know, exorbitant. Now, would you rather have? Because uh, would you rather have Arietta or Darvish? Oh, Darvish! I think Ari. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Arietta is like. I don't know. He feels I, a little. He feels a little cooked. Yeah, something about it makes me feel like I wouldn't take that risk on him if I was, you know, investing money. If it were equal money and like equal years, I feel more comfortable with you, Darvish. Um, I mean, then if you look at it, the the uh, the bullpen market really hasn't, you know. It moved early. The bullpen market's actually the only thing that moved. Brandon Morrow, Mike Miner, uh, basically the Rockies signed kind of everything that wasn't tied down. Mets signed Anthony Swarzak. Uh, who? Oh, Greg Holland. Uh, where did Greg Holland sign? I can't remember. But uh, oh, Greg Holland signed in. Uh, Holland signed with Colorado too. No. Yeah, Holland signed with Colorado. Uh, you know, that's what the are the Rockies doing? They're bullpenning, man. They're bullpenning <laughs> hardcore. Very it's, hardcore, bro. You know what? They might be the only that might be the only place that like I hate this new trend of bullpenning. I can't stand it. I know that I know that Dave Roberts liked it. Too much. Uh, too much. I know that loads of I just I I can't deal with it. Guys not allowed to go a third time through the order. It just and, and the Mets are gonna do it this year too. Like Callaway has every intention of doing it with every single pitcher who's not uh, DeGrom or Syndergaard. It's the evolution the, of baseball. Not necessarily for the better. I mean, you and me are like that d- get-off-my-lawn old man now. No, I know, but I, I want baseball to go back to a bigger and accurately called strike zone where pitchers don't have to throw 100 miles an hour because of the fact that people are just putting the ball in play because they're having to swing at things that are uh, you know, actual letter-high strikes outside. Greg Maddox, could you imagine Jamie Moyer in 2018, bro? Jamie Moore wouldn't make it through half a season this, right now. That's what I'm saying, bro. The dude pitched fucking 35 years almost. Pitched 50 in the majors. That's what I'm saying. And in 2018, yeah. wouldn't get a look, bro. Like, this guy is trash. And yet, there was one man who got away with it through 2016. Bartolo Colon. Hey, man. Let's hope that ride never ends. Oh, I, I think it might have ended. No. I, I, hope someone, I hope someone gives him a call. Yeah, man, please. I'll take him as my bullpen coach, bro. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at the rest of the market, there's still just – it's still so out there. Um, I guess basically because, you know, obviously this, the, uh, the, the slow market gives us 
a shorter show until more things happen, but we will do this more often. Uh, give me your two most improved teams so far. Um, it, one in the NL, one in the AL. I think the Yankees have to be one. I think they win not only on the field, but they win in marketing. They win, you know, they just win. Um, I think in the national, excuse me, in the national league right now, uh, it's been quiet. But I, I, you know, I know we're talking about bullpenning and in a joking fashion, but I think that's really going to help the Rockies. If the Rockies, you know, if if Carlos Gonzalez stays, I guess, and plays a little bit. Uh, you know, and, and shows up, uh, you know, Arenado's a stud, bro, and they, they got some pieces. I think the Rockies are improved. Uh, aside from that, the National League has been kind of slow. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm going to go two different teams, Just be, even though I agree with you fundamentally about the Yankees. I actually think that the Angels have done a decent job bringing in some actual Major League Baseball, like caliber baseball players. Uh, I mean, Choi Otani, we'll see what that is, but that's that brings some buzz. But then they've added Zach Cozart and Ian Kinsler to an infield that was just fairly atrocious last year. So now they've got now it's got, now it's an infield that's reasonably solid. Put those two at second and third with Andrew Clint Simmons in in uh in the middle, and that is because Cozart's gonna be a good defensive third. Oh yeah, he's a good oh, defensive yeah. shortstop. And you're putting something out there where it's you know you've got yourself actually a pretty decent infield. Um. The thing is, first base right now with Pujols is going to be a little bit of a black hole, uh, considering if you're really going to use Atani to DH. But it's first base, and Pujols can't hurt you that much there defensively. You could pick it. Yeah, and then in, and then in the uh, in the National League, um, I'm going to actually go slightly down the turnpike. I'm going to Philadelphia. The Phillies have actually done some decent things this season. This true, season. true, true. Signing Pat Nashik to to you know sharp the bullpen. Signing Carlos Santana. Um, you know, th- those are two moves that really help them. And there's a third one that I'm forgetting and it's cause I'm tired and my brain stopped working, but, uh, they, they've done a decent job improving themselves. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I don't, I think that they're going to be, uh, closer to, uh, not being a la- last place team in the league this year in the, in the NL East. It's going to be a more, I mean, the Marlins are the, clearly the team is going to drop back because, uh, you know, that fire sale's ongoing, and obviously I think that you're going to see Castro flipped, Real Mudo flipped, and uh, Yelich flipped before the season. Yelich, is, Yelich and Real Mudo should be guys that they can get a lot for. Studs, yeah, for sure. Y- they're young, they're, yeah, they're going to get a good haul. Yeah, and they don't have, um, you know, Stanton's salary as an, as an albatross. Right. No, yeah, 100%, but they're going to be trash. So uh, that, that'll do it for uh, this episode of the seventh inning stretch. Uh, we will be back to you guys sooner than uh, later. Yeah, absolutely. It has been our pleasure again. You know, I'm glad to be back, man. It's nice talking to baseball, and it's nice talking to you again, bud. All right. In- enjoy your evening, Armando, and enjoy your evening, everyone. Bye. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.